Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number 33. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. We're a couple in Austin, Texas, getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's media and pop culture blind spots and sharing the must-see movies and guilty pleasures from our pasts. That means each time we have a show, one of us gets to choose a movie or a television show the other person's never seen. Enforced viewing ensues. And then we unpack it all here on the show for you guys. Sometimes you've seen these movies, sometimes you haven't. We really don't know. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's seen this. Well, probably some people have seen this. Probably a lot of people locally have seen this. Yeah. So, so it was your choice, and it what, was. what did I you picked, do for us? Um, I finally, ta-da, drumroll. You're going to be so proud of us. We finally managed to watch Hands on a Hard Body. Um, not from the library, which I guess we're still waiting for the library copy, but we... I'm going to leave us on the hold list, because yeah. I want to see how long it takes. How long it takes, yeah. yeah. It's we're been still about... number two on the hold list. Um, In library language, since we're librarians, <laughs> that pretty much means it's lost. Yeah, so... Um, we were able to actually it's funny my brother after i mentioned that we might do pride and prejudice this this week my brother texted me and sent me a bunch of links to ways i could get a hold of hands on a hard body so that was my indication that he wanted to hear about hands on a hard body i think he was telling you that he would prefer to hear about (laughs) hands on a hard body (laughs) so we i I guess we'll get to pride and prejudice eventually but uh instead we watched hands on a hard body which is which actually it turns out just quickly, isn't as hard to get a hold of as we made it out no. because you can rent it if you're on Amazon Prime. You can do um, it's on the document doc Docu- now? documentary club documentary club yes doc club something doc club. like that or, or you Sundance. can Sundance yeah so. um, or you can um, get it streaming I think or mm. DVD directly from SR Bindler's uh, website for the movie yeah well you can so still order it on you can order it on Amazon for it's twenty five dollars for a Blu Ray which seems like a lot. You know, especially since it's a uh, converted from it's a uh, shot on high, high eight, eight in, and in then the converted 90s. to sixteen millimeter for. <laughs> but anyway, yes, you can find it if you yes. so desire without too much trouble. So yes. we should have actually, you know, yeah. done that earlier. Exactly. So I chose this movie because it was one of those. It may be the first, ind- like truly independent film that I ever saw. Um, I saw it in the theater in Lubbock, oddly. So Lubbock at the time did not get very many independent films at all. Did it just play because of its local Texas sort of flavor? I guess so. At some point, um, there, there, there are like five theaters in Lubbock, um, and at the time, there were two tinsel towns. We called them. There was the new tinsel town on the on the expensive side of town, and the the purple tinsel town on the. Actually, now it's a developing side of Lubbock, but at the time it was not so developed side of Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Um, so this played at the purple tinsel town. <laughs> Is it called the purple tinsel town? Uh, that's what we called it because it was like it was '90s colors, you know, purple you guys always and, had and names teal. For things like you know, video gigante. Gigante. Well, the the tinsel town on the other side that was the red and gold tinsel okay. town. So this is the purple tinsel town, which I think at some point the pro- programmer for the purple tinsel town, um, he really seemed to be a cinema lover and. I would not be surprised if he weren't directly involved in getting the Alamo Draft House in Lubbock because there is a draft house in mm-hmm. Lubbock now. Um, but at some point, the Purple Tinsel Town started showing more of those like independent, uh, arty kind of movies. Um, but my dad heard about this somehow, mm-hmm. um, and he really wanted to take us. And I believe he took. Oh, you saw it with every, your dad. You uh, my with dad. Your I think oh, my I, whole family I came. I was just thinking yeah. this as something that you went out to you see. You know, um, so. It, I, I'm pretty sure my brother was there. What I'm not sure is if it was all four of us or just the two kids and dad. So, so you're a teenager, 17, 18, something? Um, so it came out in 98, probably summer of that mm-hmm. year. So I would have been 16, almost 17 when okay. I saw it, yeah. <laughs> had you ever seen a documentary in the movie theater before? Uh, no, I'd never seen okay, a documentary. So you have some firsts I had here. no idea what to expect going in. It was just something Dad wanted to take us to, um, and he somehow managed to get his seventeen, almost seventeen-year-olds and fifteen-year-old out of the house to go to a movie, which is, as you know, near on impossible to get teenagers to go well, anywhere. You know, <laughs> that time we took Sky to see um, Keddie, the the documentary about cats. That's yeah. one of the last times we got her to go to a movie. That's true. Yeah, it ruined it. It ruined it for everyone. 
<laughs> Actually, did they both go see that? They both. Okay. We got them both out That's for awesome. that one. So um, why did you choose this for the movie, for the show? I mean. I remember it fondly. And it also was the start of my sort of love of documentaries. I love documentaries. And like, you know, there was a time in my life where I very much would have been like, no, mm-hmm. but but like <laughs> no <laughs> but now i seek them out you know yeah. like faces places and i'm trying to think of we saw um, someone about an artist mm-hmm. the leaf laying person andy something around and here. yeah and um anyway we just randomly go and see documentaries that look interesting oh the one about the triplets that was fascinating the three identical the strangers. three identical strangers we're probably sh- mangling all the names yes of these. <laughs> Um, but it, I actually, this is the first one that sort of cemented my, my enjoyment of documentaries and how they can be such an interesting narrative that they, and like, it's interesting cause this guy has a really light touch mm-hmm. as far as like the editorial perspective mm-hmm. goes. And like, I think that that's really shaped, you know, the documentarians that I admire tend to have that sort of. A lighter touch, you know, not so, Really, you know, well, I mean, well, like, I suddenly thought of Errol Morris well, and I was like, I don't, I know that the focus is on yeah. the subject, but it's not necessarily. No, a well, touch. he, he makes a lot of choices there, but you don't see those choices yeah. in the same way that, um, anyway, so, um, I'm interested to hear what you thought of it before I start. Well, can we need to give a, like, a yeah. set up the premise. Yes, exactly. Um, so it is a documentary about a competition in a little town called Longview in East Texas. Um, Longview, um, I'm trying to th- it's not huge. But it's not a, it's not like a tiny town, but it's, you know, a medium sized town in East Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and their local Nissan dealership has what's called or had what's called a hands on a hard body competition where they would draw 24 names and those people would be selected to stand with their hand on a Nissan hard body truck mm-hmm. for as long as it took for all of them to drop out except for one and that one person who was left standing gets to take the truck home. And then you have some rules along the yeah. way too. They can't lean on the truck. No. They can't squat or sit down. Yeah, they, they have, have to, to stand. have one hand touching. If they switch hands, the one hand has to be in contact the whole time. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they get they, a break, a five minute break every hour. I was and, really worried about yeah. this. I was happy to hear 10, 15 <laughs> minutes in that they get the bathroom break on the, you know, once And an every hour, six hours they get a 15 minute, minute break. break every, yeah. Yeah, so. But like, let folks know how many hours we're talking about for this to to win. So the I was reading the longest one ever, which I don't know which year this was, was 92 hours and 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> I didn't know about that. Our one. returning winner who sort of provides the structure for the, and gives you an idea into what's going on in the minds of the contestants, Benny, mm-hmm. he won at an 87 hour thing. Yeah. I think this one actually ends a little earlier at about 77 hours. Seven or eight, something like so that. So over three days of mm-hmm. standing and with your hand on a truck, essentially. And so basically we're, <laughs> we're with the documentary crew for those three days and yeah. three nights watching this all play out yeah with you know interspersed with interviews with with all of the contestants with all the contestants both before interviews and during interviews because they, they keep running over to get get their uh feedback on what's yeah. happening on, when they're on their breaks yeah i'm sure a lot of them are like <laughs> i'm on my break i don't want to be on camera right now but most of them are yeah they're they're yeah. willing to talk you know the thing is is this is a really sort of hyped up event it would be really easy to play this for drama to make it make and and that's is what I admire so much about this director. He was able to tell the story, and part of it is because he's from Longview, but he's mm-hmm. able to tell the story without making light of the people and the experience that they're going through. Because I it think actually, these are his. This, yeah, this is his town. Yeah. These are his people. Um, it would be, I think in the hands maybe of an outsider, be really easy to make light of, of these people and their lives. And I love that he is able to 
to stay focused on what's going on. And he, he makes such a compelling film. Like it really like sucks you in and you really are like in there with the people. And it's, it's really, I think a remarkable thing because I think that other films that I've seen and the one that comes to mind is American movie, which oddly I read, like people love American movie. Um, we, um, we talked about yeah. how problematic that movie was a lot in film school. Because yeah, that came so... out when I was taking my documentary class in, yeah. in film school. And we had a lot of mixed reactions to that. And a lot of a lot of us had a problem it with... It seems like they, with, they uh, make light of someone who is like earnestly, you know, trying to develop his art and his passion. Mm-hmm. And this film, like, it could really easily do that. but But he doesn't. And, and to me, I like, I would love to like see them side by side and see like the mistakes that, that the American movie people made versus the hands on a hard body. So that's why I was really surprised that well, American movie is so well received. I mean, Roger Ebert gave it four stars or something like that, but I, I had a really nice, <laughs> but it's inviting you yeah. to laugh at these, yeah. at this guy, at, those, yeah. at the two guys. Right? Yeah. As they try and make their uh, their witchcraft movie. Yes. Low budget. So, I mean, you know, having, I mean, like, this is my first experience with documentary. Having seen Hands on a Hard Body and how well it sort of, like, they have our returning hero, Benny, who's won the truck before, and he serves so as... So Benny sor- Perkins is the star of this yeah, movie. Yeah, he essentially is the... He has won the the truck like two years prior, I, I believe. And not, he didn't win it twice before. No, right? no, he won two years prior. Okay, I thought you meant the, the not, last not the two, year before, the last but two the contest he won. No, no, he won two years no, ago. No, he only won the next year. He came back and he was a judge. Yeah, and then this was him and then going he entered again. again. Yeah. Um, so he spoke as like the voice of experience. Um, he talked a lot about his philosophy. He, I mean, like he had this really fascinating, like way that he, you know, approached this particular task and like, um, he served as a mentor to the other people on the truck and gave them advice and people followed. And the guy who ended up winning, like was like 90% of my victory I owe to Benny he and told his him tips. how to stand and yeah. how to, you know, how to sway and how to do, how, what to eat and when yeah. and all that stuff. Like, yeah. These people really bonded. Yeah. It's and the movie is more about them bonding than it is about them competing with each other. Well, that's that's the other thing that I like so much about it. And I guess I, it was just him. I, you know, you think of there being a crew, but like based on how it shot, maybe it was just him and another guy. Uh, no, I was reading about that. I found yeah. another piece today, um, an interview mm-hmm. when it came out and they had a they had a crew of like between five and seven, I like mm. five of them with a, a PA or two yeah. and they had a complicated shift schedule yeah. so that there would always be a crew of three shooting yeah. um, for an eight hour period. And then they would like, somebody would be sleeping and they would switch people. I don't know exactly how it worked. And they didn't, they weren't always able to stick yeah. to that plan because sometimes they got so sucked into not wanting to miss something that they wouldn't leave <laughs> to take their break. Yeah. So they talked about the second day of the shoot, um, when things started to get interesting, you know, yeah. the first people kind of started to drop out or whatever mind games and, um, that they, they didn't, nobody wanted to leave. They they And so they ended up like going way longer than they should yeah. have. So they're quite, well, that's, they're quite wrecked and delusional that's by the, the end interesting too. thing. I mean, because of the way that it was shot, like there was so, I mean, like they didn't have complete coverage of what was going on at any time. So like if they went off to do an interview, there wouldn't be someone on the truck. And so a lot well, of they times... they always had someone on the truck. They yeah. said they always had someone on the truck. They always had someone right outside, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to move through the participants. And then they had like a crowd person. And that was like the overall strategy. Okay. You know, sometimes they would miss something. Well, that's, that's the thing is like a lot of times, because they were so focused on the relationships, they would miss like when some somebody tapped out like they would have to go yeah. chasing after them and say oh this person tapped out you know or yeah. or this person like lifted their hand off and they you know rarely did they get those shots of where it, there was one they got <laughs> you can't be everywhere yeah, yeah. at once you have your i think that they weren't 
because you know the contest yeah. is so long they weren't running the camera the whole yeah. time on the truck camera the whole time but they had like a finger on the trigger yeah. ready to go as much as possible so they were gonna miss stuff yeah. anyway and they're tired and their attention is yeah. flagging but they did an amazing job of capturing well i i like that because they didn't get that it didn't the thing wasn't about someone dropping out it was about like what were the things that led you to drop out you know like and like there's some questions that never answered like kelly who was like the young girl who like by the she was was she like fourth or fifth i think um, anyway, she was up there until the end, but like she was, she was one of the last four. Or yeah, five remaining. she completely lost touch with reality at the end, and like you know, people were really worried. about Yeah, her. she and like wandered know. off into the dark. She wandered off in her socks, or, yeah, you know, just down the street in the mm. middle of the night, and yeah. you know, the camera crew kind of started to run after her. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, it's interesting what lack of sleep does to people and how it affects people differently. And, you know. Well, sleep deprivation is yeah. a psychological uh, <laughs> form of torture, yes, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, so, you know, and it, it obviously, you know, started to affect people. Some For some people, it was the physical thing. But I think for a lot of people at the end, it was like the mental thing. The, you know, sitting there through the pain and, and the exhaustion and... So the people who, most of the people who did better, like had some sort of strategy or, mm. or had thought about it, but the, I would say the majority of people who showed up, they had the truck in their <laughs> mind, which they wanted for this, that, and the other reason. Yeah. Right. I mean, was it Kelly, the student who mm. she wanted to win the truck so she could sell it? Yeah. That's what she said. So she wouldn't have to take another job, you know, yeah. immediately. Like, I mean, these, this is, this, she didn't want to go truck, back to waitressing. This is $15,000. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so everybody had their own reason why they wanted, wanted the truck, but, um, that was it for some people. Yeah. They didn't think too much about like what kind of footwear yeah, to what wear. Guy somebody wore boots. Wore boots. Yeah. <laughs> um, that other kid was waiting for a friend to bring his sneakers cause he yeah. didn't think to bring sneakers. Well, he's the one that uh, was eating Snickers <clears throat> and, um. Oh, all he was eating was Snickers. Snickers and they yeah. had the camera crew asked him at some point, how many Snickers do you think you've had at this point? <laughs> and he started to count. He's like, seven, eight. I don't know. How many hours are we in? I don't even know. <laughs> um, and then because of, I mean, most of most of Benny Perkins, mm. you know, this this great character, the the the, the mentor, the, the, the old hand, the philosopher, the one who has thought it all through, who's like the Zen master, most of that's from that interview that they shot with him before. Yeah. So I was reading a little bit about the, the, um, SR Bindler and his partner like moved to Longview about a month before the mm. contest to set up. And in that last week or so when the contestants had been chosen, but before the contest, they invited everybody to their production office, which was mm. like, they had like they just had a background. I they think, had of. <laughs> they had use of a of a of a strip mall church or something mm, that yeah. had closed down recently. They had like they threw up something in the background, and um and they just asked them the same series of mm. questions, and but they they had they hit on Benny yeah and Benny just went on and on and he had like all of these like this is the well we'll talk about this next yeah. week but all these aphorisms right yeah. it's another movie that's all his aphorisms that like he just com comes up with the, these great nuggets of, yeah. of like wit and pithy wisdom and yeah. humor but it's meaningful and insightful yeah. and um he's fascinating he everybody is. loves i mean i've i read a little bit around about how this movie was received at the time and he's he seemed loved. became sort of a celebrity in town he did and you know this this went on to be become a musical mm -hmm. and so the it might have been the piece in the Chronicle that we, the Austin Chronicle. Yeah. If I remember, I'll put it in a link to the, in the show notes because it's a great piece um, that came out around 2013 when it was um, re-released. But they talk about how, you know, it's an interview with Benny yeah. now. And he talks about getting the call from the folks putting on the musical that they want to buy his life story for the musical. Yeah. It's like, okay, why not? <laughs> it was a decent amount of... Yeah. 
money. And it, it's at the point where like he was invited to the, when it went to Broadway, mm. like they brought him out at the end, you know, and he took a bow along with a guy playing oh, Benny wow. Perkins. And the thing. So it's like really become, he is, he is a character. Yeah. He, <laughs> um, there's some, some of his, well, and I think that, I mean, I don't know about a musical, but I really think that it does have, it's like, it has enough drama to carry, a film or to carry a a play. I don't know about the musical part of it. That that seems a little weird to me, but I can't say I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I don't know how it would work. <laughs> um, you know, the world also lost a, a Robert Altman movie. Yeah. When Robert Altman died <clears throat> of cancer, he was in pre-production. He was preparing a, a film based on Hands of on a Hard Body. And <sighs> if the, only P.T. Anderson had finished and it. And the the cast that uh, that he was putting together for to play these yeah. people: uh, Meryl Streep, Hilary Swank, Billy Bob Thornton, Jack Black, Chris Rock, John C. Riley, and Steve Buscemi. Oh God! I wonder who he would have <laughs> got. I bet it would have been uh, Billy Bob Thornton. That would have been Benny. That could be. Yeah. This is a human drama thing. You got to have the metal. You got to have the metal. <laughs> if you can't run with the big dog, stay up on the porch with the pups. That's right. It just everything he says yeah. is kind of is like that. But he know like he, you know, it was fascinating. It was just you get to hear a little bit about his take on sizing people up mm. when they've come. He's like checking out what kind of footwear, what kind of food they're, yeah. and he's he, and he's like. You just watch. I'm here and I'm gonna, I'm predicting like who's going to be in and who's going to be out. And he's like those folks like eating hamburgers. Yeah. That takes a lot of it's energy too heavy, to digest. Yeah. It's too heavy. Those are going to be the first to go. And the people who eating sugar, sugar was not uh-huh. something that they could cuz it causes like inflammation or something. And the the student who like dropped who made it all the way to yeah. fourth, the one we were just talking about who then just kind of went into la la land at the end like she had a great system she had like her family i think with Mm. her she had a lawn chair kind of thing they pop off her shoes and like massage her feet and she had like bananas and and bananas and and probably nuts and you know and um she knew how to take take Mm. advantage of those five minute and 15 minute breaks yeah so at the end it was the mental thing that got her it's interesting that the two that it we made it down to was norma two was she? Oh, she was one of the last two. Norma was one oh, of she, the last Oh, she, she, so Benny doesn't last. No, he's the third. This time. He's the, he's. he's um, these are the last four people we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Kelly, this, the college student. And uh, Norma, Norma. Benny and Paul. Norma, I don't know if we ever hear what church she's a part of, but she's very religious. It's, and, it's, a, it's, it's, I would bet it's evangelical of some well, what sort. What carries her through yeah. is she has a Walkman and like, um, tapes of, mm-hmm. of, um, religious music. Yeah. And like everybody co- remarks on like, like she's there in her own world singing yeah. along the whole time mm-hmm. and laughing and she, laughing. She says she gets filled with the spirit and it, she starts laughing. And you loud. looked at me and said, well, that totally makes sense because the endorphins, act, yeah, yeah. she was saying when I get, when we get the, to laughing and I just go with it and I feel it and it moves me and it like, I don't feel anything anymore. I takes the, the, the pain and the numbness goes away and you're like, it's an, it's the endorphin rush. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you're right. Yeah. By the end, I think there's a scene close to the end, maybe the last 20 minutes, where like everybody left gets the hysterics. Yeah. Even Benny. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, I was trying to hold out on that, but but I I kind of got into it, and then I realized that it was a distraction, and it did make me feel yeah. better. So now he now yeah. he tried to the rest of the time he tried. Well, to that's get the in thing. That. He's always like this. the The real issue is dealing with the boredom, you know, because mm-hmm. you're just there standing in front of the truck. So like you you talk to people, you try to find ways to distract yourself from that like endless sort of boredom of just standing there and you know trying to distract yourself from thinking about your your feet and your ankles and your you know whatever i think what what you know ultimately does benny out is that he was worried because his you know some people would go numb and they were happy about that but he was worried when he went numb when he couldn't feel his limbs anymore well, he this. had he had one leg his left yeah. leg or something that went numb and w- not just numb but in pain yeah. too i think and it, that freaked him out. Yeah, so that's when he ultimately. It was too painful. It. I think his knee went too. Like yeah. he couldn't just. He just. Yeah. He hit the the. It was it was getting worse and worse. Yeah. It was not 
he was not in a place where it was just always terrible. It was just getting mm. worse. Well, it's funny, like, as you get, like, as it gets longer, then the people would get tighter and tighter, and their mental state starts changing. But then, like, that's the time where you have to have the focus to stay to stay present, to, to make sure that you're aware that your hand is on the thing. And, you know, it's funny because, like... We lost a lot of people to yeah. weird things, like, where they, like took off one of their gloves to scratch, scratch an itch or something yeah. and then they that's yeah. it well and i think it's interesting i don't remember she was somewhere in the middle of the pack but i think it, her name was carrie um but there was one woman who came and like they interviewed her after she left like she was just tired she couldn't do it anymore mm-hmm. so she elected to leave um and so they interviewed her afterwards and so they asked her what she could have done differently to to do this and she like listed a whole bunch of things that she would have done differently if she'd known Uh and then they really they they put a card on (laughs) that she came back the next year and won the competition competition. so she learned from her experience and um so that was kind of cool that they they gave us that little bit of reveal another interesting moment of drama was um I don't remember the name of the woman with the the missing teeth. Janice. Janice. When Janice left, we didn't actually see the moment that she left. I think mm. we catch up with her outside her car. She's yeah. really angry. Yeah. And she, at that point, says, like, it's just not fair. And she and a number of the others have seen a lot of people slip up and the judges aren't catching it. Yeah. And they've tried to notify people about the mishaps yeah. and the, you know the hands leaving or the, or the leaning probably I yeah. think is something that was happening. And she was just like, this is all rigged and this is terrible and unfair. And well, I mean, like, I don't think it was rigged, but uh, you know, the judges are tired too, you know, and they, there's a bunch of people standing around the car. So what did like, they have like three judges or something? Yeah. They're volunteers. So, I mean, like they caught on camera one time when Kelly picked up her hand like just to wave or, or to something yeah. like they caught it on camera, but the judge didn't catch it, yeah. you know? And so, you know, in proper documentarian style, <laughs> they stayed out of it. They didn't yeah. like get in, but like, yeah, we, ha- I mean like Kelly didn't end up winning anyway, but you know that they did show that one part where she, where she lifted her hand, you yeah. know, and just, it went unnoticed by the judges, you know, so. <laughs> So she was right. Janice was right. <laughs> I don't know why I never saw this movie. Um, I had this. I had this uh, recollection that I think it had been playing at the Dobie around when I started film school, and then when I read that piece in the Austin Chronicle from 2013, they mentioned that it was a phenomenon in Austin, and it played at the Dobie for about a year. I think you know, like as a midnight movie or something. Yeah. Um, that would have been around from 98, 99. So I came here in 99 and that's when I went to film school and I know it came up at some point, but yeah. it was not, it, it wasn't shown to us like as an example of a documentary or anything. I think, I think it might've come up in the context of low budget yeah. documentary because it's shot on high eight. Yeah. It's well, like, I had forgotten that. That was like, my last, you could see it immediately. That my it was, last video camera that I owned in the nineties that actually got stolen in London when I yeah. lived there was a high eight camera. I mean, it's the ones with the little mm-hmm. tapes. I mean, it's not that much better than like SVHS or, or something. I mean, it's, is that it's the a same as grade. a super eight or is that different? No, that's super eight is film. Yeah. Okay. Um, high eight is, is a small it's magnetic eight millimeter magnetic. Video okay. Tape. Interesting. Video yeah. So it's not, it wasn't broadcast quality anyway. Yeah. It, it was, it was, um, I think the best like prosumer sort of tape until, um, until HD. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting cause no, I, no, we had mini DV for a while. Mm. That, we were shooting on mini DV in film school. So that came after high eight and that was like a huge step a up. Little discs or? No, there's still, um, there's still tapes. Okay. I, I don't know. But much. it was a digital <laughs> format. But I read that in another another article that I was reading about this that um, in order to get it shown in cam in uh, in theaters, um, he did a movie with well, not I mean he did a movie that was not well received with with Matthew McConaughey called Surfer Dude. 
no, was not well received, but he made enough money from it in order to convert the the high eight into sixteen millimeter, which allowed it to be shown in okay. in theaters. Um, so that's when he was able to, you know, I guess submit it to mm-hmm. to film festivals, and you know, um, it, it got into the L.A. Film Festival and won an audience award there. Yeah, well, I was reading about how Benny Perkins didn't, you know, had lost track of what had happened with yeah. this. Of course, they remembered <laughs> participating in it. You know, there was a camera crew that year. But um, he said he got a call from a friend mm-hmm. that said, I just went to a show at the Dobby and your ugly mug was on the screen. Yeah. It's hands on a hard body. And he was like, what? Like, and that was the beginning of his uh, fame in indie documentary, yeah. I guess. Um. Well, I, I was a little worried about, I mean, okay, I wasn't worried, like, I knew I was going to get something out of anything mm. you chose, but I had never really been tempted to see this before. I mean, I don't know. I well, just, with a name like that, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, it just didn't, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Probably something more hard-edged or more mm. competitive, more dumb reality TV-like yeah. in some way. I don't know. I guess I really didn't know much about it. And I was even a little worried when it started seeing like that it was very reliant it starts with on a the truck driving around or something. And, <laughs> um, and it's so much of like, like they can't really be involved in, in a true, in that same sort of fly on the wall kind of way in the actual action of the contest. I mean, most of the film is constructed from kind of witnessing a little bit from afar yeah. and then getting canned interviews with everybody. Mm. And so I was a little worried at first when I saw, you know, the talking head pieces with the, you know, and then Benny comes on. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, this is actually pretty interesting. And then, um, like, I was totally fascinated with it. It didn't, like, I thought it was going to be a different, I thought it was going to have a different tone. Yeah. I think I thought that it was going to be more about how people turn on each other or how about the comp- competitive mm-hmm. aspect. And it was a, kind of the opposite. Yeah. It was more about, it was, it looked at these people without any judgment. It was very affectionate and empathetic. Everyone was on a level playing field. It let everybody speak for themselves. Um, And I don't think you see that a lot. Yeah. Especially sort of small town, Mm -hmm. marginal kind of people, maybe. Yeah, I... I think, and it may have to do with the competition itself, but because it's a it's an endurance competition, it's not a like you don't have to be good at a particular skill or anything like that. So, like really, anybody with any ability whose name got drawn out of a hat could participate in this. And so, like they stood around and got to know each other, and like um, I forget, like one of the guys, maybe it was JD who dropped out and. Mm-hmm. Like, he talks about, like, he feels like they're friends, and every time they drop out, it's like losing a friend, you know, that you've that you've yeah. made during during the time there. I... Some of them came back to yeah. root for, like, they came yeah. back after getting a little bit of rest to root for yeah. their, the friend or two that were still in. Well, it's, it's interesting to me. It feels like a hometown that I grew up in. I mean, I would imagine that Longview is about the same size or a little bigger yeah. than the town that I grew up in. And like, you know, and it, it's easy, easy to find examples of, of, of things that are not great about small towns, but like, you know, cause that seems to be like everyone who like makes art about their small town that they escaped from, they co- go out and make a film or a, write mm-hmm. a book or they, you know, create some art about how they were able to escape from, from that. But every once in a while there, there'll be a book or a movie or something that actually portrays what's good about a small town. And, and yes, it is like, close and everyone's around you and you know everyone and you know that's sometimes bad but like there's a lot of good things that can come from that and like I guess I kind of came to that late after I left you know Mm -hmm. um but for me you know movies like this and what I read um the last picture show mm-hmm. um oddly because i think larry mcmurtry is a pretty good good at pointing out the good and bad things mm-hmm. but there's a lot to be said for that kind of community and for that sort of um 
you know, people can come together in that way and support each other. And, um, so, I mean, like to me, it's, it's really meaningful in, in that way that it kind of highlights that sort of very positive thing about, about a small town and, and how you can find that type of community. And it kind of just happens organically, you know? So the people are great and how they react and the strength they draw upon and all of these things that you're pointing out. But like, what are we to make of the contest itself? Yeah. Like the contest (laughs) itself is that ethical to have this like bizarre corporate, like, like endurance thing mm. with that where sleep deprivation is what you're trying is well what and you there's to, like because that's very that's kind of problematic well and i don't know i if mean that, we're celebrating their strength yeah. under duress but this duress is caused basically as a promotion for a nissan dealership yeah. and so that's kind of troubling well you know and and that's a thing that happens a lot you know in it in a big city where there's like lots of lawsuits and, you know, all this thing about, you know, liability and stuff like that, you know, there would have been like four steps of people thinking through this. This is like really only a sort of thing that can happen in a small town or on a morning show, you know, and as we know from these kind of competitions, there can be a lot of, you know, like there's this terrible story about some woman in Florida who like died by drinking too much water while trying to win a like Nintendo mm-hmm. Wii. Yeah. These type of competitions can be very dangerous if you don't have proper, you know, um, medical attention, you know, or, you know, awareness of the fact that and like, I'm sure that the people on that morning show didn't know that you could die from drinking too much water, right. you know, um, you know, probably there weren't the levels of oversight necessary. You know, um, we work in education. And so because we're dealing with people, there's all sorts of liability issues involved. So like everything we do that involves the public requires all these layers of oversight. Well, you know, in a small town, you're not going to have that sort of you know, it's probably, you know, a locally owned dealership. It's not owned by like a major corporation. Um, Nissan, you know, most dealerships, especially in small towns are franchises, you know, they just have permission to sell the vehicles. They aren't actually owned. It's not like an official Nissan dealership. It's like Jack Long's. I think that is his name. Jack Long's, you know, Nissan dealership of, of, of Longview. So probably, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of thinking through of all the potential, you know, terrible things that could happen. You know, somebody could get a blood clot, you know, from standing all that time, you know. Did you get from this that, were they doing, um, checking blood pressure every once in a while? They were or was checking, that just somebody who... No, no, they were checking blood pressure. For everybody? I wasn't sure if it was just I think that was part of the every five. Okay. Um, no, they talked about... But that one guy would say, blood pressure's good every time yeah. they checked it. While he's sucking on a cigarette. <laughs> An unfiltered cigarette. Well, I mean, there is a dark side to this because this, I think it was... 2005. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You read that too. So it, the the competition officially ended when one of the comp, uh, one of the people competing after dropping out after being near nearly forty eight hours he broke into the Kmart across the street which they actually make reference to it I is like gratis right I didn't know the details I just knew yeah he broke in right after like he immediately left the competition broke into a Kmart and uh, bought uh, stole a gun and shot himself yeah. um, so that was the end of the competition Mm -hmm. it stopped in 2005 so i mean like that's just an example of of you know you never know what well sleep deprivation is going to do to nobody's going through psychological counseling or anything to see or they just got their name drawn you get your name drawn from the hat so to speak yeah there's no there's no health check or that i know of you know there's no psychological counseling there's it's it's a it's a contest for a car dealership well i mean and that's the thing you know and and it it went on for a while i think they did 15 years of it before anything could go wrong but that's the thing is that enough time goes by eventually there's going to be something that that goes wrong you know whether it's you know somebody you know contesting the results or you know or something you know terrible like ended up happening you know in the in the case of this. Well, what would have happened if uh, Kelly had won the competition and somebody notices down yeah. the line in, in the movie that her, that, hand. That her hand went up? <laughs> would they revoke it or go yeah. with what the judges saw yeah. at the time? Uh, 
Yeah. But, you know, to, to it's it's interesting because, like, people were willing to do it and put themselves through a lot because $15,000 in, in that, in Longview, you know, for most people was like a life-changing amount of money. A this new, is, this a was new actually car. shot in 1995. Yeah. So yes. we're talking $15,000 in 1995. So it's a life-changing amount of money. A new car is a life-changing thing. You can go from a one-car family to a two-car family, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just having a new car, which, yeah. like, I mean... I mean, like if just to talk about my family, like we didn't have a new, we didn't buy a new car. I mean, like my whole like my parents never bought a new car from from the time they got together till I think the first new car they bought was when I was like 15 or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and of course, you know, we financed it, you know, so it's but like but, you know, a lot of these people, you know, or not in the position to buy a new car, yeah. you know, as just as my family was not in a position to buy a new car for many years, yeah. you know? Um, so that, you know, is worth it, you know, to a lot of those families that risk. So that is sort of a pressure put on, you know, for the potential to not have to take a second job as, as you know, Kelly said, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a life changing thing, you know? So, um, it, it it does put a lot of pressure on people to take risks that yeah. they might not take, you know, under under other circumstances, you know. But you know, as as Benny says, it's a human drama thing. It's a human drama thing. <laughs> thing. Yeah, he, he you know, and he really did sum it up because that's what's so compelling. He says it a couple times during, but it really is what's so compelling about this story is that it's all about the the human drama and like they don't really have to do much to pull that out. They just kind of had to stand around and observe. No, and I think that's why it plays so well. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the trial itself and the people involved do the whole thing. And I don't, I don't think that I think SR Bindler said that at the, at the time he was preparing a fiction film and he wanted to do a documentary and he really just wanted to make a movie now yeah. and have something to work with, something to get into an editing room and like cut together. And so he heard about this in his hometown and it was like, he didn't know what he was going to get. Yeah. He just thought I'll bring some cameras and see if I get anything, you know, maybe I can make something out of this. And, uh, he didn't go with, with an ax to grind or a point to prove or no. some, or, uh, some, preconceived notion of yeah. how he wanted to portray these people they just went and turned on the cameras and yeah. and you know let the story tell itself i mean there's a you imagine three cameras shooting for 80 hours or yeah. whatever how much they had to go through i mean they had to make this film we're like we're doing him a disservice in a certain way to say like like i just did that they just yeah. turned on the camera to see what they would get that means the no. subject matter isn't, you know, yeah. but they had to shape a movie out of all this. Yeah. I'm sure it was like, well, he said it took he, three years. He planned a lot in, in advance about like how they would do it. So he was able to get some really good stuff yeah. on, on camera. You know, I, I want to compare it to, and I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, documentary. It's a documentary about. And I have no idea what okay. words you're going to come I, up well, with. Well, so it's it's about, it's about? It's, so it actually the guy wanted to make originally he wanted to make a documentary about Sherman's march to the sea from it's called Sherman's march. It's Sherman's yeah, march. Yeah. Um, so up, <laughs> so <laughs> like a, as he's preparing to go make this, he, they're going to tour I can't around. You've seen this. Um, I was stayed up in the middle of the night and I watched saw this. That when I was a teenager <laughs> on Bravo or something like it's that. It's such a fascinating movie, but like so it starts out as. As this, um, like, he's going to, like, I'm going to go down to Atlanta. I'm going to shoot all the places that Sherman stopped on his way, his mm-hmm. march to the sea during the during the end of the, the Civil War. Um, but as he's preparing to do this, his um, live-in girlfriend breaks up with him. <laughs> and so instead of doing this documentary that he wanted to do on Sherman's march, he ends up, like, making it, like, 
a forum on like everything he did wrong in all his old relationships. So he like tracks down his like old girlfriends. So it's from, all like, these awkward conversations and stuff <laughs> with him tracking down his old girlfriends, yeah. right? So I mean, like that's but it's still called Sherman's March. Yeah, it's it's similar in a way, you know, because it is dealing with like people from his hometown and you know the past and and this mm-hmm. nostalgia thing that he's doing. Um, but that one has more of a uh, pointed sort of yeah. point of view rather than, you know, let's just show. Here's an this, event. Yeah. We're going we're yeah. to so document this. It's interesting. You know, th- they're both fascinating in their own way. But I, I think that Hands on a Hard Body is so much better at getting at what. I mean, I think Sherman's March really gets at the truth of what it's like to be someone who's had their heart broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but hands on a hard well, body. Well, that's a film about yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's about <laughs> really, the. It's it's, it's interesting. A <laughs> Whereas hands on a hard body really gets at the people who are who are going through this particular experience yeah. together. And um, but how much of making a documentary is luck? Yeah. Because when I think about like what would this movie be like without Benny Perkins, yeah. I don't think it would be nearly as good. Yeah. I don't know if it would a movie that's true he provides the structure so them coming across benny perkins somebody who had been in it before was such a colorful character mm-hmm. and had so many opinions and was so thoughtful about the whole thing and so witty yeah. and uh and then to have him as a participant again too i was excited because i didn't catch i thought they just like were interviewing this guy mm. who was <laughs> like could tell you all yeah. about all the yeah. stuff about how it really goes down and what you need to know and I didn't realize, and I thought he was just going as a, you know, to kind of watch. Mm. And then when you're like, no, he's in it again. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so good. He's going to win again. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to win again. Well, I, a lot of people did when they were like yeah. in, in the actual who, so who documentary. Do yeah. Um, but I just love that how different documentaries can, can be from, from different. And like, I think I'm trying to think of one that I've seen where they, didn't get what they were expecting. The one that I can think of is uh, Lost in La Mancha, which was about Terry Gilliam's last attempt to make, uh, um, um, what's it called? The Don Quixote, Don Quixote movie. I, don't know movie. What it's called. I still um, haven't seen either like, of the documentary. You know, or the so Don they, they he's, he starts out making this documentary about what it's like to make this movie, mm-hmm. which probably would be an extra on that movie if it got made. But he ended up making a documentary about like how everything can go wrong, you mm-hmm. know, at once. So like a lot of times, you know, things don't go as expected and they just have to be there and recorded and see if they can make something from it, which I think is well, really fascinating. Well, the great movie that comes to mind that's like that, and I know you're not a fan of uh Apocalypse Now is the <laughs> is the movie is the documentary Hearts of Darkness. Mm. That's uh, it's part footage that Eleanor Coppola, his wife, shot. Mm. Like she was going to document the making of the movie, so she brought along a sixteen millimeter camera and a voice recorder, and she was shooting stuff. So there's all this great stuff, interviews and mm. um, behind, but but it was then assembled with this larger story, and and then interviews with the participants later, and to fill in all the gaps. Yeah about the horrendous, awful, whatever, <laughs> five or six years of trying to make that movie with, you know, monsoons destroying yeah. all the sets and, um, you know, cast members dropping out because, you know, I think uh, Martin Sheen had a mm. heart attack when they're filming it. Oh, and they've yeah. already filmed like half the movie, you know. So Lost in Wild Match is very much yeah, like that. it's just Or what's amazing. the one um, from oh, Feltz Corraldo? Uh, Burden of Dreams. Burden of Dreams, yeah. <laughs> that, okay, maybe that's my favorite of yeah. those. I haven't seen Lost in La Mancha. Well, the, the scenes of Klaus Kinski and that are pretty fantastic. So. I could just watch yeah. Werner Herzog like talking about uh, how evil the, the jungle is yeah. like forever. I mean, he's, Oh, you should see the volcano one because he'll just do the same about volcanoes. We haven't done a Werner Herzog movie on this uh, podcast no, yet. No, we haven't. I haven't seen all of his films, but I really, really like a couple of them. That, and I don't know which one I would choose. I've mostly to seen talk his about. documentaries, actually. I'm trying to think if I've seen other than. Have you than, seen any of his narrative films? Um, the uh, Port of Call. New Orleans, oh, Bad Lieutenant. I've Bad seen Lieutenant. that one, which we will that. have the opportunity to see soon. So, <laughs> um, 
the documentary. Okay, of course you've seen Grizzly Man. Yes. Oh my God, that's terrifying. <laughs> Little Dieter wants to fly is a good one to watch if you like documentaries. And we decided to do Werner Herzog. But you've never seen Aguirre, The Wrath of God. No, I haven't. And you've never seen Fitzgeraldo. You've only seen the movie. I've about, seen the movie about yeah, Fitzgeraldo. So maybe we'll do one of those at some point. <laughs> next time we do a four-hour movie. Okay, next time. Spoilers. <laughs> next week we're talking about a three-hour movie. <laughs> a three-hour movie. Um, yeah, we should wind this up. Yeah. We're, we, we've been going for a while so and we're anything, now not even talking about the film. Anything anymore, so. you want to say, anything else you wanted to say well, about I'm glad I finally had a chance to see this yeah. and I'm glad. Yeah. I, I don't, it wasn't really on my to watch list in mm. any way. So it needed you to say, Hey, this is worth seeing. Well, I would like to, so if, if American movie is, well, okay. I can say if American movie is being taught in film school, that's fine. It, probably gives people a lot of stuff to talk about and that's fine as long as people are realizing how you know exploitative it is i think you know so i would love to see well i mean yeah. every, we were all aware yeah. of that I no, mean, that's, that's good that's, that's what good. we talked about but i think the, if if you showed these side by side yeah you know obviously the production values are not what but i think that there is so much value in this particular film and it makes me sad that um it's not, you know, more widely known because I think more people should see it. I got as much out of it seeing it this time as I did, I think, the first time. I am so happy that it turned out to be as good as I remembered it being, you know. That's good. I was you know? excited. I didn't realize <laughs> um, until you mentioned it tonight on the show that this was like your gateway into documentary, mm. period. Yeah. So I love it when we hit on one of those. Yeah. So. It's and and so now I understand maybe a little bit more about myself about why I enjoy it so much and I enjoy a well crafted, you know. And it doesn't it doesn't even have to be a feel good documentary, but if it's interesting and it it challenges your ideas about things and it makes you understand stuff about humanity better, I think that that's so valuable. That you know, and and like. I feel like my life is so much richer that I go and experience these things. And, you know, I, I think about like some of my favorite movies that I've seen faces places lately. Um, the Sarah, pa Sarah Polly one, which is so good. Oh God. I need to see that again. Um, what is that one called? Stories we tell. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, so, you know, I encourage everyone to go out and, and, and check out these incredible pieces of work because they don't get the attention that you know feature films do but i think that they they can teach us so much about life and ourselves and and other humans you know and and there's like probably tons of like classic documentaries yeah. that i still need to see <laughs> well we should now i will I'll, I'll see if i can come up with a doc i don't think i've chosen the doc yet for the mm. show oh so. this is my second one isn't it the other yeah, one was Errol Morris. the fog of war the fog of war yeah, yeah. All right. I like documentaries. <laughs> so that's our show. And thanks for uh, waiting through the 78 hours of this podcast uh, to see which of us was still standing. Yes. 78. Um, <laughs> it's almost 78 hours yeah, yeah. long, I think. Um, next week, we're talking about Once Upon a Time in the West. Yes. Because we've already recorded we it. We will have already <laughs> talked about it. We, uh, what's the tense? We had to record that. We um, will have done. Yes. Um so or we have done. We will be back next time. And in the meantime, uh, tell your friends about our show and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Subscribe to us. Yes, we'd love to have Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or a star rating, and that will help other people find the show. Drop us a line at shutupwatchthis at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, shutupwatchthis. And uh, we'd love to have you along for the ride as we uh, keep uh, introducing each other to these... Uh, Lost film? They're not lost. Lost. Overlooked. Overlooked film. Blind spots. Blind spots, yes. yes. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.